Hello, my imaginary friends. It's still uh, the second of November, twenty nineteen. I've just put um, I've just put a lasagna in the oven. Uh, I've just been making a lasagna, and I've I've popped it in the oven now, uh, and I've got uh, the rest of my coffee here. Mm. And I'm thinking about um, Farmer Rich enjoying his morning coffee um, as he does his uh, audio recordings. Um, yeah. I do enjoy my coffee. Mm. But I've also enjoyed listening while I've been making my lasagna. I've been listening to um, to Slandy um, doing a boo about stoicism, uh, which he recorded a couple of days ago um, and posted on Lima. Fascinating, absolutely fascinating topic. And... Uh, a very brave boo. Um, he's been talking about his his own personal journey and his frustrations with himself, um, health issues, soul searching. Very brave boo, really. Um, talking about many subjects, um, all, all relating to that and how stoicism is um, is a way of being which he might find helpful and he's experimenting with that and he's going to be talking about that on a series of um, audio posts he's going to make presumably on on Lima although I'd love it if he posts them on Anchor because then I get them in my RSS feed um, and you know you can download them and listen to them as many times as you like whereas you know on Anchor you, uh, on, on Lima you can you can only really you know you can only listen to it in the app um, you can't download them and, and, and keep them. Um, and if the app, if the website ever goes away, then you won't be able to get to them anymore. Um, yeah, which is a huge advantage of uh, the apps that use RSS feeds is that you, can, you get to keep the recordings um, and you know recordings of your that your friends have posted and interesting, interesting people have posted, uh, not just your own uh, recordings. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. Um, fascinating uh, topic, and I really look forward to him him um, exploring that topic uh, more in the next in the next little while. Um, I, um, as 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 I mentioned a couple of episodes ago, um, I'm looking for work now. Um, thinking about what I should be doing with myself as, as my occupation um, and so I'm doing a lot of thinking at the moment and and I'm frustrated with myself I'm frustrated that the fact that I haven't got a job to go to and we need to apply myself to I'm frustrated by that um, and that frustration is perhaps um, blocking out anything more positive that I could be Spending my brain power on, um, which is which is a little bit frustrating, um, as you can probably probably tell from from my voice. But anyway, um, I'm trying to learn a lot actually, um, and I was also very interested to hear um, a money blog talking about the reading that he's going to be doing this year, uh, this this month, um, to to learn things. Um, 
know, I've been thinking about, yeah, whether I should be spending more time reading as well. Um, and I took the opportunity when I went on the train a couple of days ago um, to, to read while I was on the train rather than looking at my phone, but actually read a physical book. And um, yeah, I like that. I, I enjoyed that. And that, uh, that got me thinking about a topic very similar, very related to what Slandy's talking about. So I'll, I'll come to that in a minute. But before I talk to that, I'll, I've been trying to do learn things more um, vocational rather than philosophical. Um, I wanted to learn things that will help me in my career and maybe help me to achieve my next, my next role. Um, so I've been learning a little bit about, um, uh, yeah, about, about industry trends and um, professional and, you know, different roles and different ways of, um, of achieving things um, using LinkedIn learning, of all things. So I was tempted into... LinkedIn learning by um, by a little advert that popped up on LinkedIn and I've been spending a lot of my time in LinkedIn looking for jobs um, but yeah so I, I, I was attracted by by an advert that popped up and and I've often been aware of the um, LinkedIn premium um, sort of paid paid tier of, uh, of LinkedIn um, as uh, I, I've been aware of that, but I've I've never sort of signed up for my free trials. I always thought, well, you know, I don't I don't need to be spending them. I don't need what do I need from LinkedIn more than I'm currently getting, um, you know, for free. Why should I be paying them for more when I'm already getting enough from LinkedIn? Um, but no, I saw this LinkedIn learning advert and I saw a course that I thought was interesting. And I sampled it a little bit and I thought, no, actually, now is the time I will jump in and I will try um, LinkedIn Learning and become a LinkedIn, uh, is it LinkedIn Premier? I think it is. Um, LinkedIn, LinkedIn Premier member. Um, and yeah, it's been really interesting, actually, uh, following the learning content in LinkedIn learning um obviously premier feature gives you a number of different facilities um so it gives you some um suggestions about um which roles to apply for and things like that um and how how well you are suited to a particular role so it's it's got some some useful things for people that are looking for jobs but it also has this this link to learning is fantastic um, so it's video based. Um, you you know it tracks your progress through the videos. Um, the ones I've been looking at, you know, they're sort of two, three minutes, four minutes maybe in length. So bite size um, uh, segments of information um, delivered in video format, but you can also switch it to just the audio format. Um, so you can um, close your screen and and get on with um, whatever. Um, Things like gardening or whatever, I can I can get on and do other stuff with my hands while listening to the to the content. So 
that's been pretty pretty cool actually um learning about uh different ways of working um so uh, i'm going to continue doing that um but the book that i'm reading is uh sapiens by yuval noah harari i've been reading it for a while now um it's one of those books that does take a little while to uh to, to read to be honest um because it's so dense it's such a dense um it's such a dense read there's so much the ideas are great and um i'm just finding it absolutely um it just makes you think you have you read a, read a few pages and then you just have to spend the next two days just thinking about it and reflecting on it um so yeah i was reading here about um about buddhism which stanley mentioned um and about how the well let me read it here the the central figure of buddhism is not a god but a human being siddhartha Gautama. according to buddhist tradition Gautama was heir to a small himalayan himalayan kingdom sometime around 500 bc the young prince was deeply affected by the suffering evident all around him he saw that men and women children and old people all suffered not just from occasional calamities such as war and plague but also from anxiety frustration and discontent all of which seem to be an inseparable part of the human condition people pursue wealth and power acquire knowledge and possessions beget sons and daughters and build houses and palaces yet no matter what they achieve they are never content those who live in poverty dream of riches those who have a million want two million those who have two million want ten million even the rich and famous are rarely satisfied they too are haunted by ceaseless cares and worries until sickness old age and death put a bitter end to them everything that one has accumulated vanishes like smoke life is a pointless rat race but how to escape it D does that ring any bells <laughs> does anybody feel like life is a ceaseless rat race that people are rarely satisfied at the age of 29 Guatama slipped away from his palace in the middle of the night leaving behind his family and possessions he traveled as a homeless vagabond throughout northern India searching for a way out of suffering he visited ashrams and sat at the feet of gurus but nothing liberated him entirely some dissatisfaction always remained he did not despair he resolved to investigate suffering on his own until he found a metaphor sorry a method for complete liberation he spent six years meditating on the essences causes and cures of human anguish in the end he came to the right realization that suffering is not caused by ill fortune by social injustice injustice or by divine whims rather suffering is caused by the pat behavior patterns of one's own mind boom <laughs> suffering is caused by something happening in your own head Gautama's insight was that no matter what the mind experiences it usually reacts with a craving and craving always involves dissatisfaction when the mind experiences something distasteful it craves to be rid of the irritation when the mind experiences something pleasant it craves that the pleasure will remain and will intensify therefore the mind is always dissatisfied and restless this is very clear when we experience unpleasant things such as pain 
As long as the pain continues, we are dissatisfied and do all we can to avoid it. Yet, even when we experience pleasant things, we are never content. We either fear for the, that the pleasure may disappear, or we hope that it will intensify. People dream for years about finding love, but are rarely satisfied when they find it. Some become anxious that their partner will leave. Others find, feel that they have settled cheaply, and they could have found someone better. And we all know people who manage to do both. Yeah, I didn't quite get that last sentence. Great gods can send us rain, social institutions can provide justice and good health care, and lucky coincidences can turn us into millionaires, but none of them can change our basic mental patterns. Hence, even the greatest kings are doomed to live in angst, constantly fleeing grief and anguish, forever chasing after greater pleasures. So he's starting to repeat himself here, isn't he? I guess he's making a point and pushing it home. Gautama found that there was a way to ex exit this vicious circle. If, when the mind experiences something pleasant or unpleasant, it, is, it simply understands things as they are, then there is no suffering. If you experience sadness without craving that the sadness go away, you continue to feel sadness, but you do not suffer from it. There can actually be riches in the sadness. Sorry, richness in the sadness. If you experience joy without craving that the joy linger and intensify, you continue to feel joy without losing your peace of mind. There you go, there's the solution. But how do you get the mind to accept things as they are without craving? To accept sadness as sadness, joy as joy, pain as pain. Gautama developed a set of meditation techniques that train the mind to experience reality as it is without craving. These practices train the mind to focus all its attention on the questions, what am I experiencing now, rather than on what would I rather be experiencing? It's difficult to achieve the state of mind, but not impossible. Shall I continue? Hmm. Or should I leave you, leave you all hanging after reading you? couple of pages. I'll do, do another paragraph or two and then we'll see how we go. Let me know what you think. Gautama grounded, uh, grounded these meditation techniques in a set of ethical rules that make it easier for people to focus on actual experience and to avoid falling into cravings and, cravings and fantasies. He instructed his followers to avoid killing, promiscuous sex and theft since such acts necessarily stoke the fire for craving and power. Stoke the fire of craving. Open bracket for power, for power, for sensual pleasure, or, or for wealth. Okay, end quote. Uh, end bracket. When the flames are completely extinguished, craving is replaced by a state of perfect contentment and serenity, such, known as nirvana. The literal meaning of which is extinguishing the fire. Those who have attained nirvana are fully liberated from all suffering. They experience reality with the utmost clarity, free of fantasies and delusions. While they will most likely still encounter unpleasantness and pain, such experiences cause them no misery. A person who does not crave cannot suffer. Interesting. So that's how you meditate in order to avoid 
the craving and therefore avoid any feelings of suffering. According to Buddhist tradition, Gautama himself attained nirvana and was fully liberated from suffering. Henceforth, he was known as Buddha, which meant uh, the enlightened one. Buddha spent the rest of his life explaining his discoveries to others so that everyone could be freed from suffering. He encapsulated his teachings in a single law, suffering arises from craving. The only way to be liberated from suffering is to be fully liberated from craving. And the only way to be liberated from craving is to train the mind to experience reality as it is. That's the single law. I'll repeat it. Suffering arises from craving. The only way to be fully liberated from suffering is to be fully liberated from craving. And the only way to be liberated from craving is to train the mind to experience reality as it is. This law, known as Dharma or Dhamma, is seen by Buddhists as a universal law of nature. That suffering arises from craving is always and everywhere true. Just as in modern physics, E always equals mc squared. Suffering arises from craving. Buddhists are people who believe in this law and make it the fulcrum of all their activities. Belief in gods, on the other hand, is of minor importance to them. The first principle of monotheistic religions is God exists, what does he want from me? The first principle of Buddhism is suffering exists, how do I escape it? Buddhism does not deny the existence of gods. They are described as powerful beings who can bring rains and victories. But they have no influence on the law that suffering arises from craving. If the mind of a person is free of all craving, no god can make them miserable. Conversely, once craving arises in a person's mind, all the gods in the universe cannot save him from suffering. Or her, obviously. So there we are. That's a lot, a lot of very interesting stuff that's quite sensible, isn't it? Obviously, it strains, it, it's, it strays into religion. Um, this guy is talking about religion, but he's talking about it from a historical perspective. Um, but he's making some very salient and undeniable points, isn't he? He's very logically explaining how suffering arises from craving. Craving that the pain go away, craving that the pleasure continues, or that it intensifies. That's the craving. So right now I'm I'm craving work. <laughs> um, what if I wasn't craving work? What if I was able to enjoy the time I have now? While that opportunity of work will come along at some point. But I can't enjoy the time while I'm waiting for it to happen. If I continue with my brain operating the way it is now. Or if I can train my brain to not crave the work, 
and not crave that job opportunity. Maybe I'll be more ready for it when it comes. Sorry, I've been talking for 20 minutes. Um, thanks for listening. Toodleboo.